0: This is the Home Health Revealed Podcast. Hear stories from real industry leaders discussing topics affecting the ever-changing industries of home health, hospice, and palliative care.
1: Welcome to Home Health Revealed Podcast. I am your host, Mike Greenley, and I've got my co-host here, Hannah Bell Anna. Hey. What's up?
0: Not much. How are you doing, Mike?
1: I got dance class tonight.
0: Dance class? Yeah.
1: Me and the wife, would go dance classing.
0: Like ballroom dancing?
1: Well, it, yeah, but we haven't done that one yet. We've learned the uh salsa. We've learned four. The tango. Yes, we, and that's our favorite, actually. The, the box tango. Trot. Yes. No, that's our favorite. That's. <laughs> it one. Sounds like they're no, all no, your favorite. You no, love it. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to keep all these steps going because you either got to step backwards or forward, and then there's certain things I got to do to spinner.
0: I'm I'm shocked and impressed.
1: Well, I'm actually really good at it. In no fact, doubt. I I could be on Dancing with the Stars. I think.
0: Wow. Okay, uh, do you, where that, do you perform? Is there a performance that follows these classes?
1: Well, there there's going to be. Are you doing tap? Did you uh, get your no, tap shoes? No tap. I, that, no, I don't even think that's a dance. It's just <laughs> a bunch of stomping around.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: No, we, we do it every Thursday. It's kind of date night, and hmm. we go eat, and then we dance. And this guy that we go to, he's fantastic. He, he knows everything. He, he's teaching us how to dance.
0: What shoes do you wear?
1: Uh, just regular shoes just like
0: gym shoes or yeah. do you have to buy i yeah. don't know why that came to my mind but yeah. i'm thinking what would i wear to
1: not throwing thing? out any justin timberlake moves yet.
0: flamenco do you do the flamenco
1: i don't is think that's a, a dance move i think it is I, you're going too far with this all right i am i'm just sharing that i go to dance class and, and I'm it's good.
0: tonight and you're looking forward to it that's and it. you're good that's right? right sinatra would be proud
1: uh maybe i don't
0: know that's great
1: talking about frank yeah, <laughs> the Frank Sinatra. Yeah, the. All right, what do we got going on here today?
0: Well, today we have a really great guest, and it's a guest we've actually had on here before. So I'm really excited to have a guest back. Like the fact that our podcast is old enough, we've grown, and we have our guest back.
1: How Isn't many? So how many episodes have we done?
0: Thirty-ish. Uh, really? Yeah.
1: Have like you?
0: Have you? Can you believe we've done that this many times?
1: I do know we was it. I want to say Foxtrot, but that's my dance
0: move. (laughs) Feed spot.
1: Feed spot. See how you can mess that up? (laughs) Yes. Feed spot ranked us number six in the top twenty-five home healthcare podcast.
0: I know. I was really honored by that.
1: Yeah. And are we going to give this guest like credit for being one of our?
0: I think I think we should um so the guest that we have today she was actually one of the first guests that we had on when we were just a little baby podcast so she helped us launch really And we're so glad to have Kristen back. Kristen is here to talk to us about her professional career and some of the personal changes and experiences that she's had since we last talked. And Kristen Duell has over 20 years of experience in the pre and post acute care industry, where she has held positions from non-clinical caretaker to CEO of a technology company. She brings her dedication to mobilizing all factors of the pre and post acute care space by being an industry consultant and a founder of. A nonprofit, Ideal, I D E A L, for healthcare. And recently, she joined First Light Home Care as their EVP of Innovation and Experience as she returns to her roots on the care delivery side of the industry. Outside of her passion for enabling care delivery at home, Kristen enjoys spending time with her family and volunteering at her son's school and mentoring tenacious young professionals. So, welcome, Kristen.
2: Thank you so much. Um, I'm so excited to be back and congratulations. Uh, It's great to see that the podcast has flourished as it has. And I also just want to say you're welcome. Thank you. Because, you know, like, (laughs) hey, good, good things happen whenever you lay a great foundation for the first, you know, couple podcasts that are released. So great job. And I'm glad I could be a part of that.
0: That's right. Thank you so
1: much. I think most people listen because I sound like Matthew McConaughey.
2: I agree, honestly, yeah. completely, 100%. But it also, Hannah, you know, she I love the way that she doesn't let you go whenever we're trying to learn more about these dance moves. <laughs> so
1: that just- I, you know what? I'll video it. I'll put it on YouTube. Nobody will watch it, but I'll show you guys my dance moves. But, but, if, what? but if you
2: post it on LinkedIn, I can make sure people watch it. I got a pretty good reach there.
1: I, can, I might be able to do something like that. Now, before we get started here, Kristen, can I put in a shameless plug?
2: Absolutely. Okay.
1: This podcast is brought to you by health Rev partners, grow your agency and expand your mission with high Powered revenue cycle partner powered by velocity, the most advanced coding and billing software in the market for transparency, analytics, and clinical intelligence. So Kristen it is great to have you back. Uh, first time you're on here, you did such a great job. Uh, you are just well, well respected in this uh, industry and uh, we love to have you back. So uh, thanks for, for hanging out with us.
2: Thanks for having me back. It really means a lot. Thank you.
0: So Kristen, tell us about what has changed since we last had you on.
2: Yeah, it's been a little bit, right? Um, yeah. It's been a little bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, I like to say, you plan, God laughs, right? A lot of the stuff that's happened in the recent um, past, the last few weeks, months, it's not necessarily been stuff that I'd planned for, but it is stuff that happened. And I think you got to take it one step at a time. So I think the last time we talked, you know, I'd been at CanTime and went to Home Care Pulse where I was the CMO of at HCP and absolutely love that business, love what I got to do for them and the teams that I got to work with. It was some phenomenal experiences. We acquired two businesses at once, and boy, it was a roller coaster. Unfortunately, uh, around the same time that I also I found out that I had some what what appeared to be cancer um, happening. I also found out there was going to be a reorganization at HCP, and a lot of times, um, as it happens with new CEOs, they make adjustments to the executive level team, al- along with um, you know minor reductions in force and things like that through acquisitions. And unfortunately, my position was eliminated through the last reduction of force, a reorganization, and um, I found myself, you know, rethinking what my future was going to look like. I found myself thinking about the things that. I've considered, honestly, for the last five years. And that was returning back to my roots of, you know, being on the home care delivery side of things. Because so I started out as a non-clinical caregiver in the field um, and was a scheduler in an agency. And, you know, I slowly worked my way up from the lowest levels to where I'm at today. And I think I found myself in a place where. If I got to repaint what the future was going to look like, I think I wanted that to be uh, on a focused level with a franchise or a large organization that I could truly make an impact with through the experience that I've had through this industry, the, all of the innovation background that I have through technology. I guess that's a little bit of the story time.
0: Wow. So let, I mean, I just want to give some space to those are some major, major decisions. I just admire your resilience.
1: Oh, it is it a moment of silence.
0: I, well...
1: I'm just trying to see where you're going with this.
0: I just, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot for anybody. There's been some, there's been industry changes, but then, you know, you're going through very personal things that you're having to deal with on multiple levels.
1: You know, she never cares this much about me. Just so you know,
0: that's not true. I'm a caring person, Michael
1: Greenley.
2: Shared
1: he a lot about your dancing. Well, <laughs> I mean, clearly, I got to video this thing. I'm i I'll video the fox trot because that that one we move around quite a bit, and I got the steps down, so it's it's pretty good. The salsa, I got to really like move my hips, and uh, you know, I, I got tight hips. Really, I got. <laughs> I think I need to do yoga
0: back to, back to Kristen. You know, that's just, that's a lot of change. You've walked through a lot of, a lot of thought and you're a thought leader, I feel like in this industry. So can you kind of walk me through not just your decision personally to go back to your roots as you put it, but just some shifts that you're seeing within the industry, maybe that caused you to want to do that?
2: Well, and it's, for me, it's home health, it's the post-acute care industry. My heart has always been, because it started on the home care side of things, mm-hmm. meaning the non-medical, non-clinical side, depending upon how you like to phrase it, but the private duty area of home care, because that's where I got my roots. And it's it's understanding the entirety of the post-acute care industry and how one segment impacts the other, because there is a complete ripple effect, whether it's in sniffs and you're in the middle of COVID and outbreaks are taking place, and how is home care going to be there to support it or it's also it's also referral sources and strategic partnerships with home health and hospice and to what I think is actually the pre-acute care which is home care and that's the preventative side where if you are if you're establishing care early and often and you're working strategically on that side of things how long can you actually reduce any kind of hospitalization from ever even happening because you're actually being preventative and that is why I had to come back to the provider side because I see the entire relationship within the healthcare sector as a whole, even if you're including the hospital and how there's that big ripple effect all the way down to this pre-acute care setting, the home care side, um, preventative side of things.
0: So your position as EVP of innovation and experience, how are you going to get to really have a hand in doing that?
2: Yeah, so that's um, it. Was really exciting to me. Glee and I. Glee is the the president and the CEO of First Light. Um, her and I have had a friendship a brewing for many years. Uh, it started at Home Care One Hundred, which I've got to credit that organization to starting a lot of amazing things for my career. But in talking with her over the last couple of years, it was understanding what her goals and objectives were for the industry and how could somebody with my background be able to help an organization um, that's a great sized organization grow even bigger and make a bigger impact. And that would really be through ensuring that the experience of all clients, all franchisees, um, employees have a, a wonderful experience. The best And they have the best day that they can have each and every day. And how, from an innovation perspective, can I leverage the knowledge that I have on the technology side and truly provide a unique, unfair advantage to the platforms that we offer um, for not only our Franchise or the franchisees, um, and what the experience is like from the client and even caregiver perspective. So my role entails being able to leverage all of that, and that's probably why I'm so stinking excited about getting to go back to the provider side, but getting to join an organization like First Light.
0: So you mentioned some really tall orders, right? Letting all of those <laughs> people within an organization have their best day. That yep. <laughs> that is a tall order, um, but you're bringing some really valuable experience into meeting some of this industry's hardest challenges. Talk a little bit more about the experience you have on the tech side and how that's going to play a part in your current role.
2: I'll talk about that. And I'll also talk about the people side too, because see like you can't, that is a tall order. Like you just said, yeah, Uh, that's a lot to ask, but you don't do that by yourself. Like I'm, that's not Kristen's coming in day one and that's what we're doing. There's an existing, amazing team that already exists there at first light. And all that we get to do together is really look at how do we optimize things and how do we what is the technology background that i bring to the table which is like the majority of that 20 years experience and find these types of innovative solutions that can automate tasks that should be automated so that you can focus more of the revenue that these organizations, these franchisees are getting on um, people and on reward systems and mechanisms. Because ultimately, those are the things that will actually help impact retention. Um, It is having a great culture and that great experience, but it's also being able to have a competitive benefits package and things like that. And when you're able to innovate and leverage technology to automate processes that were typically three and four people in the back office or different other tasks, then you're saving yourself a ton of money and you can reshoot that over to the field staff.
1: You know, you talk about innovation, talk about technology. If you were to, if I, if you had to say, what are the three areas of innovation that are preventing agencies from seeing growth and scalability. What three of those what three of those areas are, are they struggling with and, and really need to embrace?
2: That's a good question. Um I think the first one is going to be the experience that your recruitment, that your new employees have when they're coming on board and what your engagement levels are like through that first hundred days is absolutely critical. And so technology can help that because people can only do so much. Um, and only do so much so fast. And there's incredible technology solutions that are out there today and innovation to help streamline those processes and help engage with your employees, you know, and reduces actually headcount. So I think that's one really major area. I think the other area is technology that enables you to communicate more strategically with your referral partners that you want to build throughout this industry. So as a, for instance, of that is as a home care Provider, You're probably going to have a really great home health provider and you might even work with an organization like somebody such as Dispatch Health and you want to enable more care to be delivered at home and that also means even hospital being at home and things like that. Technology that enables you to be able to communicate easier from a referral standpoint and streamlining all of those processes um, is going to enable you to be able to make a bigger impact to, your, to the, the city, the location, the town, the, where you serve and will allow you to be able to grow at a rapid, rapid pace because it provides such an unfair advantage to your community. You know, so I think that's another area. Um, the other piece of that, like the the third one, that's like, God, I have to pick just one more. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we only have 25, 25 minutes, Kristen.
2: I know there's so many, though, but that's why I'm so excited. There's so many other ones. But I think if I had to pick one additional area, it would be streamlining the piece for field staff, and how are you leveraging technology in the home that allows the, you know, your nana, your whoever it is that's receiving care, to be able to reach out for additional support and be monitored through environmental technologies, um, as lo- as well as um, telehealth-like technologies, and that can also be an incredibly indicate, like incredible indicator to preventative solution, preventing massive bad health. Crises from taking
1: place. Do you ever, uh, you ever think like VR will ever make a play in healthcare?
2: I do. Uh, so I know a couple really great organizations, as it may, as it may not surprise you, <laughs> that are dabbling in VR right now. And one of them is Embodied Labs, and she, uh, Carrie Shaw, is their CEO, and she's in just a genius, incredible. And she built this company because of the experiences that she had growing up. And it was leveraging VR technologies to help you understand what the experience was like for say, dementia, um, so that from a caretaker perspective, you could put yourself easier in their shoes. Recently at the Agile conference in Dallas that Access put on, Mm -hmm. I also got got to experience it firsthand through another vendor that they had on site. What a humbling experience that is, you know, Um, So I think VR technology is definitely going to be there. I think it's a cost thing, but I think if there's other solutions that can help you reduce your costs in other areas, it allows you to invest in these types of innovative solutions that provide such an incredible experience and meaningful impact to the care that you're delivering.
1: So you could see a nurse putting on a VR and the patient putting on a VR and having a, a dialogue there?
2: I mean, generationally, um, I think we're coming up on a generation where that's gonna be something that's more interesting and more acceptable. I I think for some folks that might still be a little bit of a stretch in that type of a situation regard, but I do think that VR technology from a training an employee and a caretaking perspective, and being able to receive your CEUs in that kind of a manner—that's yeah, I think that could be huge impactful. for an ex- yeah, from
0: an experience.
1: And I think anything's possible. I mean, if you got companies now, you know, flying people to space, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, I mean, just think about even how telehealth visits have come into play. My kids, I'm showing my phone to their doctor. Say, ah, look at. Yep. They have strep throat again. If you're able to get that level of care in the home, you and I would probably be comfortable with that. Now, my, my men she's not going to know what the heck to do with that right now. But I do think what Kristen's saying in the next 10 years, you know, when generation X starts getting into that level of care, we're, we're definitely going to be more open to that kind of monitoring and kind of care. I just think that's so cool.
2: Such a neat way to experience care, um, from that side of it, you know, and uh, such an impactful way to really bring the levity to what it is that you get to do every day, you know? Yeah. The, the impact that you have within this industry, it's um it's a humbling experience. It really truly is. And it's also an incredibly like rewarding one, I think. So it's a great way to engage.
0: Some of these things that you've talked about, they're personnel related, they're people related. And I, I love the way you kind of framed that up to integrate people and technology and how we're kind of working through all the things, right? And this industry has seen such a jump in turnover, even still, like we keep saying, staffing is crazy, staffing is crazy, but then we just continue to see the turnover. How do you see that playing out over the next six months? And maybe maybe some of the stats that you see in your world?
2: I think from a turnover perspective, it's been the number one Issue and risk for our industry for the last, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't even remember a time when it wasn't an issue, but I think statistically, HCP was a benchmarking report. It's been the number one issue for like the last several, five years running. And I think this year we took an incredible spike in that. And it that is something that you've got to start to pay attention to. I think the organizations are are paying attention to that, but I think we flounder sometimes on what to do about it and which eggs to put our basket in Mm -hmm. to impact the greatest level of change. I think there's some incredible organizations that are providing solutions that can help. And I don't mean just solutions from a technology perspective necessarily, but also just staffing and resource help. Um, I met with Connect RN this last week at NOC FMC, and that is an incredible solution and in recruitment that is being leveraged by some of the largest providers. It's helping them be able to recruit additional staff and, re- and be able to retain them. There's also other companies like Mission Care Collective. So there's a ton of them out there that are able to help you from that recruitment perspective. The key is, is how do you, so how do you retain them? How do you keep them from leaving and going somewhere else? And the answer to that is that first hundred days is the most important in our entire industry. Whereas other industries, there might be uh, little spikes two years in, three years into their tenure where you need to pay attention to their ability, their desire to want to stay on board. With our industry, if you can get past that first hundred days, it's a compressed timeline, but your people will stick with you. And so how you do that is through engagement, you know, and through really checking in and seeing how are they, how are they doing? Um, Have they made friends within the organization? And it's paying attention to those that don't actually respond to those um, questions.
0: Yeah. You got to watch out for the quiet ones, right?
2: Yep. Quiet quitting. It is, it is a real thing. So is loud quitting (laughs) for a lot of home care. They never, they didn't have like people in the step field, may come in once a week or once a month at best, right? Agencies have the opportunity to be prepared for any situations going to occur by having certain processes in place so that they can engage, whether they're in the office or not.
0: Right. Um, so I kind of want to switch directions on you a little bit and talk about something that you have done in your spare time, which I don't know sure. where that is, but you have been really been a foundational part of another initiation you co-founded IDEAL ideal which stands for inclusion diversity and equity alliance and leadership to really catalyze some upward mobility and increase access for women in healthcare what was your driving force in being a part of that initiative and then how did that come to fruition i want to hear the story
2: Okay. Um, So a little over a year ago now, we found ourselves, um, and when I say we, I mean a lot of very well-known industry leaders, um, women and men, found ourselves at one of the most premier events that takes place in our industry. And we were talking about some of the commonalities that we saw within that conference setup and truly the the lack of representation on stage and how that spread to the boardroom and how that spread to the C-suite within our industry. We really started talking about, you know, how do you how do you change that? You know, you can we, we talk about it every year. We and we ask, can we get more women on stage? Can we get more diversity overall? on stage and also just looking at the organizations as a whole, right? And everybody, you know, has a has a lot to say from an opinion perspective. But when it comes to how do you actually impact change, somebody, a good friend of mine, said, Kristen, you need to take this and you need to like set up a meeting and let's figure out how do we actually we do something about this and start talking about it. And so from there, I was like, all right, we'll have our first meeting, but we're not gonna do this unstructured. We're gonna look at um, how can we really impact change through leveraging four disciplines of execution. So we leveraged that and we just find out what would our wildly important goal be if we were going to make any kind of change within this industry. And this is just a small group of women the first month, about seven to 10 people. And we decided that our wildly important goal would be How do we keep more people in this industry because again going back to recruitment going back to retention how do you get more people to come to our industry and how do you get them to stay well you provide them with upward mobility and visibility within this industry and when you look statistically at the industry as a whole the grand majority of those that are working this industry um, do come from a diverse background and are majority women and so, how do we provide an environment and uh, start a conversation that drives an ability for these women to be able to stay within this industry and also have representation at the C-suite level? And, and does that have an impact on profitability for organizations? Mm-hmm. So we dove into it from there, and then we we asked the organizations, um, all of the associations within our industry, you know, what. Well, what do they find as the biggest challenge and obstacle to having a diversified uh, speakers panel or you know, uh, to some of the people that are in very large organizations, having a diversified C-suite staff. And the answer back was, you we're know, really being able to access um, you know, who's interested in what and being able to quickly be able to identify that. So we decided to create a platform that would allow for a digital directory to for women to be able to sign up and say, I'm interested in board positions, I'm interested in speaking engagements, I'm interested in potential future opportunities, here are my strong suits. Um, not LinkedIn, but a community. A community of women and men that really will be able to support one another. Having mentor engagements and having um, opportunity to engage with renowned speakers. So we started all of that. And um, here we are today, a little over a year later, I went ahead and filed for the 5013C. And um, Sunny Linebarger is my co-founder with me on that. And Michelle Pickering is the um, executive director. Really, she acts as our CEO and runs the entire organization. And we grew from about 10 women that first day to 50 women the following month to over a hundred to over 300 to now we've got a pretty significant following just, um, right underneath one K. So,
0: wow, that's amazing. And it's an online, primarily online community, right? I mean, it's the yeah. directory and then do you guys meet if somebody were to want to get involved, how can they do that?
2: Yes. So you go to our website, which is ideal Uh, the number for healthcare.org and you can join the community there um, and the membership. We also, we do meet once a month and we have a speaker come once a month that talks to the membership and we record that and you can also access those recordings on the portal. You can fill out your profile and let us know what you're interested in and then we put you in touch with those partners. Um, We have several very large partners that have come on board to help support the cause. Um, Lincoln Healthcare is one that is working with us currently and and we are ideal. We'll be working on actually initiating our first in-person event and um, in coordination. And Lincoln is one of our premier sponsors for that one. So more information to come there.
0: Very cool. So I also want to say, I remember on the podcast that you and Mike were talking about when we met again, who had the most LinkedIn followers? I do. And so I just, just in all of this conversation.
1: Yeah. Let's um, bring it on. How many you got, Kristen?
2: You go first.
1: All right, hold on. Well, yeah, okay, I see how your roll. All right, hold on Let's see here. How many followers do I have?
0: I just, I think this is significant because you are a voice online. You're somebody who, within the social world, isn't afraid to have conversations. They're meaningful, they're productive, and so I want to give people the opportunity to connect with you in that way, but I also just want to hear oh, if so you're you being Michael.
1: you want to help her get her. Yeah, I oh, do. I'm trying okay. to help her win. I'm at three thousand three hundred and seventeen.
2: Well, that's that's really respectable. It is, um, that's good. But you've got a ways to go to to join me. Oh, uh, so I'm at I'm at nine thousand twenty six.
1: Oh, nine thousand. She wins yeah. today. Will you just sit at home she and just connect with people all day? What's going on here? No, oh,
0: she's clearly <laughs> busy. <laughs> um, I think it has to do with the content
2: that I produce or something. It also might have to do with I'm kind of getting up there in age in this industry. so um, everybody's wow. pretty much watched me grow up.
1: Well, now hey, when do I get to speak at this this thing? I'm a great speaker.
2: We actually should. We need to get you on board. If you guys if you want to actually join us, um, we can do it probably in August and have you come on and speak with the group. Um, that would be great, Mike.
1: Yeah, they, everybody loves me.
0: That would be I, fun. That would be fun. I we'll agree. have to make that happen.
2: Yeah. But you have to start with a video of the dancing.
1: Yeah, we can do that.
0: That'll be the Just opener. The, yeah. Yep. Yeah,
1: no cool. doubt. My whole leadership team is women, by the way.
0: I know that. That yeah. is
1: true. Nope. Even at home, my wife, three girls. I mean, I'm surrounded.
2: Yeah, you don't have a choice in the matter, do you? Mm-hmm.
1: Nope. I got to I got it. Yeah. I got be for it.
2: We we need to get you on board to speak, and we also we need to get you plugged in with the community. We really do. I think the the reason why we it has to it always has had to be men and women together, because you we are not successful without one another, and we truly need each other to be able to lean on. And honestly, you don't get pay equity without it either. So um, we would love we would absolutely love to have you on.
1: I would be. M- I would be happy to do it. I'd yeah. be honored to do it. He would. Yeah.
2: Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome.
0: Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on and kind of rearranging your schedule. I know we had a couple of times we had to reschedule, but we've made it happen. I'm really glad that we did. Is there anything else that I'm leaving out that you want to share?
2: No, I think um I think the only other thing is that if you if you folks that are listening to this do not know who health rep partners is, you definitely should take out, check out all the solutions that they offer um, and see how they're different from the rest of the industry because they are approaching rep cycle management from a completely different perspective and with incredible technology. I think that's the only other thing I have to add.
1: Well, you know what I did see in one of the Facebook posts that someone was saying, who should they contact? And I saw that you put us down. You put some other people down, which I have total respect for. But I do want to say thank you for putting us down. I did see that.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys, you do a great job. You really do.
0: Well, thank you.
1: Well, hey, thank you so much, Kristen, for uh, hanging out with us for 25, 30 minutes, whatever it is. Great content. Um, We look forward to getting this thing out to the public and, you know, it would be great if you share it with your 9,000 people that you don't know. Um, That would be awesome. No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) And we really do wish you the best in this next endeavor. I hope that this transition is amazing for you. I anticipate great success for you.